This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about a lot of hot topics. Of course, all eyes on the state of Florida with Hurricane Ian still continuing to batter so much of that state. Also, uh, it appears to be gaining strength again, and it is likely to hit tomorrow, many people say, uh, the state of South Carolina, potentially Georgia, and we're, of course, keeping an eye on Hurricane Ian, which just unleashed just a swath of destruction. Last night when we were here on the show, uh, we had Congressman Gus Bilirakis of Florida, of course, of the Tampa area. He was right in the thick of the storm when he was talking to us. It was amazing that we were actually able to get him on the phone, which was incredible. And he was talking about all the damage that was unleashed on the state of Florida And, of course, today, in the last few hours, we're getting our first glimpse of the damage, of the destruction of Mother Nature. When, of course, Hurricane Ian hit Florida, it was Category 4, uh, sustained winds at some points of 150 to 155. I mean, that is just an unbelievable mile an hour. And when you hear of the damage and get the chance to see the destruction, my jaw just dropped. I've covered a lot of hurricanes. I've been strapped to trees when I was covering many a hurricane in uh, my early Fox News days. And I can remember covering a number of them where it was just it was really dangerous to be out there. And you thought, especially with the people in mobile homes, And that was my first thought. And when I was looking today at some of the damage, particularly in Fort Myers, where I've been in many a times, um, your heart just breaks. And this is one of the Florida residents, John Iverson, describing what he saw um, at Fort Myers. Take a listen. Well, I was absolutely texting people that it sounded like a freight train was going over. So um, you could hear the, 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 the metal roof rippling. And, uh, but, uh, a little bit of shaking in the, in the house, but it was, it wasn't too bad at all. So, you know, inside. But then outside, if you look at some of the scenes from some of the areas, some of the downtown areas, also some of the coastal areas, my goodness, it looks like just like hell on earth. It is like aluminum, aluminum trees. Um, you know, uh, I'm talking about aluminum siding from some of the mobile homes, trees that were flown that just like broke like toothpicks and just a wall of water that came through and caused mass destruction. And so tonight it is just really heartbreaking to see these images. And I want to hear from a number of you tonight who have either been there in those areas, are familiar with some of those areas, some of that you that are living in those areas that listen to the Rita Cosby show. 
Uh, just your thoughts as you see the unbelievable damage that Mother Nature has left behind in that area. And, of course, the Red Cross and FEMA going there and extremely uh, just have an enormous, enormous task. Because with the bad weather that's still hitting that area and the flooding and the storm surge that is continuing in that region, it's going to take some time till they can actually get into a whole bunch of those areas. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight. If you have friends, family, yourself, if you're in that area, just what are your thoughts as you're looking at this scene? And, of course, we can't do enough to uh, just reach out our support to Florida because it is going to take a long time. It's going to be not just days, not just weeks, not just months. It could be years potentially till many of these areas are fixed. Uh, you see some of the bridges there um, across the states that are just wiped out. Homes are wiped out. Um, we're just starting to get words about fatalities, too. Um, it's going to be a long time till the cleanup actually begins because it's so dangerous for rescue crews to get into some of these areas, some of these isolated areas and some of these isolated uh, locations like islands and bridges and locations have just made it uh, so remote and so uh, extensive. It is just heartbreaking to see it. It's one 800 848 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is, uh, again, Fort Myers resident John Iverson just describing what he saw on the ground in his community. Once the storm passed and the winds got crazy and that's when the, the storm surge hit, and uh, fortunately, I was in a very secure structure, and I was up 20 feet above it. So uh, uh, I felt pretty comfortable, but everything on the ground was completely destroyed. Everything on the ground was just destroyed. I mean, that is just the way, uh, if you look at some of these images, especially of Fort Myers, it's like a gut punch. I mean, I get so emotional just thinking about it. I've been on the ground after many a hurricane and seen it. I've ridden through the hurricanes, again, as a journalist, too. And, like, the pictures, even though we show them to you and you see them and we can describe them, it's like gut-punching. I mean, there's nothing to take the place of actually being there on the ground and this being your home. You think about all your belongings. And I think about some of the stories of people that I have talked to that have gone through these hurricanes and literally they walk away with like the shirt on their back and have nothing left in their communities. So it is just, it's just heartbreaking. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just the pain and the gut punch of what these people go through. Here is Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino uh, describing sadly um, the loss of life that he expects in the community. He was on Good Morning America today. The fatalities are, are in the hundreds. Um, there are thousands of people that are waiting to be rescued. Uh, and again, cannot give a true assessment until we're actually on scene assessing each scene. And we can't access people. That's the problem. Uh, we're, we're accessing the bridges. We're, we're seeing what's compromised and what's not. Uh, and, and this will be a life-changing event for the men and women that are responding. Uh, they're going to see things they've never seen before. So uh, we're going to get together. You know, the Floridians, are it's a great state. We have great people here. And everyone wants to help. And that is the amazing thing. You're seeing so many of these stories of neighbors helping neighbors. Here's a little bit more from the Lee County Sheriff talking about just what a tremendous loss it is for Florida and for America. I can tell you this is a life-changing event for all of us. We, we tracked that storm up the coast of Florida. 
It was very unpredictable moving around. We tracked it minute and second. Every minute we watched, and we didn't know where it would hit. Uh, and I will tell you, it came into Lee County strong, and it was slow moving, uh, just a couple miles an hour under a Cat 5, uh, and it hit us, and it crushed us. Uh, we're assessing as we speak. You know, we pulled our resources off and our men and women of law enforcement off at 45 miles an hour sustained winds uh, for safety. And we got back out there last night, our special operations unit and special teams that were formed, uh, and we still cannot access many of the people that are in need. Uh, the waterways, bridges are compromised, and uh, it's a real, real rough road ahead. Boy, is it a rough road ahead. Um, and he is also talking about just the amazing uh, and overwhelming number of calls that are coming in. Can you imagine what it's like living in Florida right now or any of these states that are now in the eye of the storm? As we know, uh, it's heading up to my beloved South Carolina. I went to University of South Carolina, so I have many friends that have been calling me in the last 24 hours. They are so worried about what's going to happen there. Um, of course, it doesn't look like anything to the degree of what Florida went through, but it still looks like it's going to be a hurricane category one that may slam into Charleston and other areas of South Carolina. Potentially Savannah, too, is in the eye of the storm now. There is just so much heartbreak and it is just so overwhelming emotionally and physically for these people. There was one story that I was seeing. It was in uh, Fort Myers where people literally were moving outside of their mobile home to stay in a hotel that's a three or $400 a night hotel uh, right next door because they knew that that structure was a lot stronger than aluminum uh, and just the toothpick construction of many of these mobile home parks. And there are a lot of them. If you guys have been to Florida, you see it over and over and over again and just see just the damage and destruction. And these like, Mobile home parks, it looks like there wasn't even a single building standing in some of these mobile home parks. And I'll never forget uh, one guy who I had talked to um, when I covered one hurricane. He came over to me, and, and he was crying. And I remember saying to him, like, why are you crying? And I said, have you seen your home yet? And he's like, no, 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 I'm crying um, not about my home. I'm crying about my neighbor's home because I've got an elderly neighbor, and she has nothing left. I'm young. I can rebuild. I can fix but I have elderly parents who, you know, elderly neighbors who just that was everything to them. And I don't know how they're ever going to rebuild. And I mean, that was just amazing for me. I always think about that guy often when I when I see these stories, because just you, you think about the courage and the just amazing um, heart of some of these people who go help their neighbors and they themselves have lost everything. But all they're thinking about is their elderly neighbor next door, their disabled neighbor next door, who they don't know how they're going to rebuild, even though they themselves have lost everything. It really is extraordinary and really is uplifting. And then I also think um, today about Hurricane Katrina, and I was on a Zodiac craft, and I was in Hurricane Katrina, and the Ninth Ward, literally bodies were slamming into my uh, you know, Zodiac craft. There were so many bodies that were floating by us, when we were going there, and this was days after Hurricane Katrina hit, but it was the day of discovery of when they were finally getting into some of the homes. And also there was just so many people that had died in that hurricane that literally bodies were smashing into our into our Zodiac craft. And this is what the, the rescue workers would do every single day. And we just went out with them that one day. I was working with NBC at the time, and you could just see how horrible and how disastrous the damage was. And still, here it was many days later, 
and water was well up to the rooftops of these homes and the people who just did not get out in time. And in that case, it was because the levees broke in, you know, in Katrina. And it was just it's something I remember the images to this day. I could see the fa- faces of those people to this day and think about all the families that were just absolutely destroyed by the hurricane. It's so heartbreaking. It is gut wrenching. And for rescue crews, and that's what I'm thinking about of the people now in Florida, the heroes that are down there that live through this every single day, but also um, people that are coming. We know that folks from New York are coming, from Texas were coming in. Um, the airports that are open, a lot of them are closed, but a lot of them are still able to fly in or driving down uh, neighboring states down there. We know that people from Arizona, I was hearing a story of um, some students coming in today from across the country, from a number of different schools that are driving down there to help um, just whatever they can do, which is just an amazing story of survival and of neighbor helping neighbor. And this is a little bit more of Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino talking about some of the calls that are just coming in that is just so overwhelming and that any help that can come in is so appreciated. It is heart-wrenching. Uh, I will tell you that we have made some rescues through waterways uh, and some we're not able to access. We have thousands of calls on 911 that are prioritized and we're answering as we speak. So tonight I want to hear from you because uh, there's nothing else more important at the top of this show than to talk about what happened in Florida and also any of you uh, who have talked to your neighbors down there, have talked to your friends down there, are living down there and what you're experiencing. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie, line one. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Well, uh, you're my Danish uh, Polish sister, you know. And uh, <laughs> I get choked up at all this that's going on. I have neighbors that haven't been able to get in touch with the parents on Pine Island. They found that it's devastated. All the bridges are wiped out, and they have to be airlifted. My sister Kathy, somewhere in Naples, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, my friend Jean from my lodge, who's a Suffolk County policeman and a chopper pilot for News 12, he told me, um, he said, he's going down. We already had choppers land in Jackson, Jacksonville to refuel today. And he said, I'm going down. He said, are you in with me? I go, absolutely. So I may not see you at the Polish-American Day Parade on Sunday. <laughs> so you may be going down. Is that what you're saying, Eddie, that you, you, there's a good chance you'll be heading down there? My father was a fireman. I came from a fire department family. I was going to medical school and I became a nuclear medicine guy. And you know what we do? We love people. We help everybody around us, the good people, and we run toward. We run toward, Rita. We run toward. We run toward because our hearts are all in it. How beautiful. Eddie, I love that you're heading down there. Now, have you talked to – you've talked to your sister down there? Have you had a chance to talk with her? No. No, I can't get in touch with her. You cannot. No. Okay. And where And where exactly is she, Eddie? What part of, uh, what part of Florida? She's in Naples. Oh my gosh. Wow. And you know what? I have, I have a number of friends in Naples, by the way, and I've been checking in with them and have talked to them. Um, they're, they're okay so far. Um, but, um, but the damage there in Naples is quite extensive and, and it wasn't expected to be. That's the other thing too. A lot of people that are in that area were not expecting, uh, the kind of damage. Have you gone out and have you gone and helped at all with recovery efforts at another time, Eddie, or is this, would this be the first time? 
uh, always. Oh, I, 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 I got my, you know, being a nuclear medicine technologist, a public speaker, I had a radio show on Saturdays. Um, uh, when we had a hurricane here, we got a tree knocked over. I went out, I put my father's fire department hat on because nobody would stop. And they were going over these lines that had 220 volts in them. And I'm saying, you know, you're going to electrocute your whole family. Uh, then I went around with the um, fellow from the electrical company, and they helped them put the uh, the fuses back on the telephone poles. But I I have a friend that said, he said, Eddie, I want you in my lifeboat. He goes, why? I, I said, why? He said, you never have a screwdriver in your back pocket, and you're always prepared. <laughs> but you know what, Rita? It's like your dad in right the Army. What was your dad? Your yeah, dad, my dad was in the Polish Home Army, actually in Poland, but rescued by the U.S. Army. Uh, my father was in the Army Air Corps, right? So, I mean, uh, our best times, I think, I think where you get your heart and soul from, maybe, I don't know you that well, but around the kitchen table, around the house, uh, you got love. And, uh, uh, you know, I saw how my father treated my sisters, how he even treated our dog. He stood in the kitchen once. And he looked at me while my mother was a board of election supervisor, and he said, while he's cleaning the cabinets with Scott's liquid gold, he said, Eddie, your mother is an angel. And it changed my life forever. Um, just, you know, respecting people and ladies and, you know, everybody's someone's daughter or someone's, you know, wife and 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 a, a great love for, you know, the souls of mankind and the people that do things well. One, I love things. My 1,000, by the way, Eddie, 1,000%. And uh, and I just want to say to you before I let you go, my father was rescued by the U.S. Army Air Corps. Um, uh, so just so you know, you said your dad was in the U.S. Army Air Corps? Yeah, absolutely. He was wow. a sergeant, first sergeant. Yeah, he ran the whole thing, but also flew the plane and got on the radio and had 50 caliber guns. And, and he, he always said to me, war is hell, Eddie. I don't know how I lived through it. And he'd slap me on the leg and he'd say, get some sleep, buddy. Wow. Well, Eddie, thank you. Thank you to brave men like your father, again, who rescued people like my dad. So thank you very much. And and if you go down there to Florida, make sure you call into the show. I want to hear what it's like for you down there. And uh, bravo to you so much uh, for all you do. Um, and obviously, like you just said, you got great values from your family. I know I did from mine, too. Uh, but how beautiful uh, to hear the story of your background, too. And you travel safe if you do go down there and help the wonderful people there in Florida. Eddie, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And coming up, In the next half hour of the show, we're going to do our Back the Blue, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. Also, a very sad story that happened about an EMT worker who it looks like in an unprovoked attack was killed 
on the streets of New York City today. I mean, this is a horrible story, and it epitomizes how bad crime is across this country. Plus, lots of people politicizing things in the storm of Hurricane Ian, including President Biden. We're going to get to that also later on in this half hour. First, we're taking your calls, everybody. Let's go to Christine in Middletown, Connecticut. Christine, um, your thoughts about uh, what's been going on with the storm and if you have family down in Florida or you, if you yourself have been down there. Well, I've been down there. I have family both in Bradenton and in Myrtle Beach, which might get hit too. Um, I text my, my father and they're far enough inland. They didn't have any damage, but they didn't have any power. And my sister and her brother-in-law, they live like half a mile away. But I'm worried about my, in Myrtle Beach, my aunt and my uncle, he's got stomach cancer. He can't get around good. And they're walking distance to um, the old Route 17, which you can see the the ocean right there. Oh, my gosh. So they got to be careful because just as you said, there's a lot of um, low-lying areas there in that section. And there's a good chance, sadly, that Myrtle Beach... It looks like right now, of course, the storm could change, but it looks like it will get hit with a Category 1, which is still very severe winds. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Christine, and your family there. And you know I love South Carolina, guys. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Maine, where Officer Jared Lenardi displayed the kind of heroism that we often read about in comic books at a recently presented letter of commendation. Yet the only thing he asked for in return was a new tourniquet so he'd be prepared to help another citizen in need. This is an interesting story. This request for a new tourniquet came in a letter that was read on Monday of this week by Thomaston Police Sergeant Chris Hansen to board members, family, and townspeople. Uh, then he noted that Officer Jared Lenardi's actions would have gone completely unknown had the chief not received an email the next day from the officer, just matter-of-factly requesting another tourniquet since he said he used one the night before. Now, because of that tourniquet usage, Lenardi will now wear an additional pin on his uniform representing the Maine Police Department's life-saving award. And it goes back to an incident earlier this month where just before midnight, Lenardi responded to a home in Warren, Maine, following a report of a fight involving two men. Initial reports indicated that there might have been a gun or a bat used, and it was a violent scene. Officer Lenardi, undaunted, charged into the home where he found a man bleeding in what appeared to be a severed artery, and it was severe. So upon seeing the critically injured man, Lenardi called the dispatch to advise them of the severity of the injury and that he would be applying the apparatus, a tourniquet. He did so, and he called them and then said his tourniquet that he put on top of him was in place. He said, I saw the amount of blood coming from his arm. I know that I'm not an EMT, but I knew that I had to stop the blood from flowing somehow. Based on the way that he was holding it, it kind of looked like his elbow was sticking out, and there was just a whole lot of blood pouring out. I said, the only thing that I had was find this tourniquet. So I put it on, I applied it, and it worked. And many people believe by doing that, he saved this man's life. 
and the incident would have gone unknown had he not again sent that email the next day requesting for another tourniquet. Uh, just shows how matter of fact our officers are each and every single day and the incredible and difficult work that they do. Well, we are talking, of course, about the hurricane, Hurricane Ian, which now again is back on to being a hurricane. It's now a hurricane one category one strength and headed towards South Carolina and Georgia. We'll, of course, keep you posted as developments come, but we know that it has decimated the beautiful state of Florida. And so today, President Biden talked about just the damage that this hurricane caused. Take a listen to how President Biden described it. This could be the deadliest hurricane in Florida's history. The numbers of still are still unclear, but we're hearing early reports of what may be substantial loss of life. And even officials in Florida, like in the Fort Myers area, are saying there may be nothing almost to come back to. That is a Florida Myers, Fort Myers beach official saying that just the damage is so devastating in so many parts of Florida. So, of course, everybody's thinking about the damage, the destruction. And this, to me, was just shocking. Here in the middle of all this, suddenly President Biden, here he's talking about the damage and the destruction and all that, which is obviously so important. And first and foremost, the next thing he starts doing is going after gas and oil companies, like single-handedly. It's not like he was talking about how people overall, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, ram people with prices and jack prices up during hurricanes and tragedies. He just suddenly takes his wild turn and starts blasting gas and oil companies like his whole green agenda. Uh, take a listen to this exchange where he basically starts suddenly he's talking about the damage and then he's now vilifying oil and gas in the middle of it all. I also want to say again to the oil and gas executives, do not, do not, do not use this storm as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American public. The price of oil has dropped in recent weeks. The price of gas should be going down as rapidly. It's not. My experts inform me the production of only about 160,000 barrels a day has been impacted by this storm. That's less than 2% of our country's daily production. Its small and temporary impact on oil production provides no excuse, no excuse for price increases at the pump, period. If a gas station companies try to use this storm to raise prices, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask officials to look into whether or not price gouging is going on. America is watching, and the industry should do the right thing. I expect them to do the right thing. Now, first off, there haven't been allegations of that. And second of all, why not just make a statement, first off, like nobody should be taking advantage of the situation, whatever it is, you know, any store, whatever you're talking about. He single-handedly goes after oil and gas. To me, that is unbelievably political and unbelievably shameful. At a time like this, it was so blatant that he suddenly takes this turn to go after oil and gas companies, which he has continued to vilify and continue to basically, I think, put U.S. energy in a box as a result of it all. And he uses this tragedy to suddenly go after oil and gas companies out of the blue. I I mean, to me, it was such an awkward transition. And I want to hear your thoughts on if you feel the same way that President Biden 
is clearly trying to suddenly, like any chance he has, to vilify oil and gas companies. It's like he hasn't done enough damage by cutting off Keystone. He hasn't done enough damage by, you know, all the other things that are going on in the world right now. He wouldn't answer, by the way, a question about Nord Stream 2, um, which is a huge issue. That's that leak that looks apparent like there's some sort of sabotage by somebody, um, apparently, you know, through uh, that could be oil and gas going to Europe. There's so many questions now as we're heading into a cold winter. And yet he continues to vilify oil and gas to promote this green energy stuff. This is not the time to be promoting green energy and vilifying oil and gas. You've done enough damage. Focus on the hurricane and getting help for these people. Well, take a listen. Here is John Kirby, of course, one of the White House spokespeople, one of the national security advisors. And he was trying to do a little bit of cleanup for President Biden. Take a listen. I think the president clearly just wanted to make sure, and you, and you saw Governor DeSantis do this a little bit uh, in his press conference, just make sure that uh, that, that people know that, uh, that we're being vigilant and we don't want anybody uh, to take advantage of uh, the desperate straits that so many Florida citizens are in right now. We don't want them to fall prey uh, to any unscrupulous business practices. And the president, I think, was just laying down that marker. Again, he wants the focus to be on helping the people of Florida get back up on their feet uh, recover from this and do so in a way uh, unimpeded uh, or or damaged by anybody who might try to take advantage of that effort. And if he had said that, like, I don't want to see any damage in any of the industries, that I don't want to see any problems with any of the businesses, then you could say, oh, yeah, then that makes sense. First of all, now wasn't the time to say it. He first needed to focus solely on what was going on in Florida. That's for one thing. And two, He singled out oil and gas companies like he repeatedly has done since his presidency started. And to me, it was so unseemly in the middle of a time where he's sitting there talking about tragedy and he's talking about problems. He starts going off about the oil and gas industry for no reason. You know, I was waiting for him to try to sell us electric cars. I mean, that was like the next sentence. It was so crazy. And by the way, later on in the show, we're going to talk about not just his fumble that everybody's talking about, We're also going to talk about Kamala Harris because she had an equally horrible fumble that now is like the whole world is just shaking their heads. There is no doubt in my mind. I don't think President Biden's going to run again. And I don't think the Democratic Party is going to want Kamala Harris again. I think we're going to see like either a Gavin Newsom or somebody else on the Democratic side. But I do not expect that we're going to see Kamala Harris or that we will see Joe Biden after it's like the big gaff machine one after another. Meantime, take a listen. This is Joy Reid on MSNBC, who basically couldn't wait to use this moment to essentially vilify DeSantis and somehow bring up, you know, DeSantis's, you know, policy on immigration. In the middle of all this, take a listen to this big leap and this big analogy. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is Joy Reid on MSNBC. Two million Floridians are on the move. Now, we don't know if they're leaving the state or where they're going to move to. It's a bit ironic now that you might have Floridians having to actually pour over the borders um, and go north uh, and get out of the state of Florida in the exact same crisis that we've been talking about on a trolling level in that state for a long time. Whoa, are you kidding me? Like, be careful not to, you know, criticize people that are leaving, 
because you've been trolling migrants. Like, in other words, you know, people now are fleeing for their lives just like migrants were. And how dare DeSantis criticize migrants? I think Florida residents who are leaving because of the storm, that's a whole different issue than migrants who are crossing illegally across our border. And for her to equate the same things, that is so preposterous. That, to me, is one of the most outrageous comments I have heard. And here's another one. Here is Fernando Armandi. He's a Democratic strategist, and he was on Joy Reid's show. Listen to this, like a GOP bash fest. Take a listen to this one. People of Florida are going to face this catastrophe, not once but twice, because Ron DeSantis and the Republicans that have been in charge of this state for 28 years, Joy, have done nothing. It is shameful. It is unacceptable. It is disqualifying. And as you said, governing is hard. Trolling is easy. They chose to troll when they could have governed. Right. So he was not governing. They're accusing him, DeSantis. And what? That's why the hurricane happened? I mean, what is this is the most bizarre thing I have ever heard, that they would take advantage. Here it is. It's hours after the hurricane is hit. In some cases, it's during the hurricane. And they're sitting there talking about bashing DeSantis and comparing people fleeing from their lives from the hurricane to basically uh, migrants who are crossing illegally across our border and that they should have sort of equal footing. And that it's almost payback some way to Governor DeSantis. That, to me, is one of the most unseemly things I've ever heard. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Eric in Manhattan on line two. Eric, your thoughts. Hi, hi Rita. I'm sorry. I'm a little upset. I, I called, well, Joy Reid's a brain-dead bigot. You know, this this is, I'm, I called about the sociopaths like her. Like, the so, kind of sociopaths that play at being human that pretend they care about kids when they're they're killed by automatic rifles, and they'll stand on those bodies before they're even cold to take away someone else's civil rights. Before this storm even hit land, they're politicizing it, not just about, oh, you know, pseudoscientific climate change, voodoo science, you know. And, and they, they, like I said, they're not human. It's disgusting. I, I you know, people, they know, and they know, they know a hurricane's going to hit. There's going to be people losing their house, houses, their lives, pets, can't find their owners. Owners can't find their pets and their kids and God knows what. And, you know, I mean, but they don't care because they're not human. It's it's disgusting. I mean, um, I want to. Well, I and, and gonna, you know what? And you know what? Republican I, for my birthday. Well, <laughs> and by the way, I mean, I I feel like it's it's completely insincere. And at a time where people yeah, are yeah. so worried that they're sitting there talking about like it's like migrants. What did you think of that analogy? Isn't that the the weirdest thing to the like to say it's basically like the migrants who are fleeing? It's just an insincere comment. I don't want to say someone's not it's human, but to say they're in it's an it's a it is such an out of touch comment. Like, in other words, like maybe now DeSantis will have more appreciation for migrants, illegal migrants that he's seeing people fleeing Florida. I, I mean, does that make any sense to you? Well, they're they're sociopaths, so they don't see how they sound. Uh, they're comparing p- people fleeing fleeing from their homes, their lives, uh, to criminal foreign nationals, criminals. I mean, they're entering the country illegally. They're criminals, right? You it's know, a, it's a, a right. It's a complete difference. I mean, it is a completely it's, yes, difference. It's disgusting. Right? It's the equivocations, obfuscation. That's what they do. They can't be honest. They can't win on policy anymore. So every you know, never let us uh, uh, crisis go to waste. Like Rahm Emanuel said. 
but but they don't care. They have no shame. They don't see because they're listening to people. Their 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 audience is people who who don't care what they say. Well, and that and boy is that sad you know? because guess what? At that point, when we're seeing the pictures and the images, we should all care. Um, you know, because boy, it's the devastation is unbelievable, and that's what they're doing. They're using that time to slam Ron DeSantis and compare the fleeing Floridians to to migrants illegally again crossing the border and like chastising him. That's shameful. Um, let's go to Steve, line five. Steve, your thoughts. Hey Rita, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. Okay, I want to comment on uh, Joyless Reed. Uh, what a hateful. Hate-filled woman. I mean, she's just terrible. And the guest she was interviewing is just a bit, just as bad. Ron DeSantis' press conference today was absolutely stunning. He laid out several different websites. He laid out restaurants that were giving away food to all the first responders. He had, it must have been a, a lot the size of about four football fields filled with utility trucks from Alabama, Tennessee, ready to go. And this was on Tuesday. So he's done a fantastic job. They're just hate-filled mongers who never let a crisis go to waste. And it's just shameful as to how they conduct themselves. Oh, God, it just burns me to no end with these people. I'm sick of them. No, I, and you know what? It is, it is shocking, Steve. I agree with you. And it's so ill-timed and it's so ill-sincere. I mean, I, to me, whenever I see these images of what people are going through, my heart breaks. I mean, I get emotional because I just, I think about how they lost everything and how are these people. I just, you know, I'm praying for them, you know, and, and you want to do whatever you can. And who would ever think at that moment? And this is at the height of the storm. She's making these comments, Steve. I mean, this is not like uh, some crazy after comment. It's at the height of the storm. They're getting pounded. And she's sitting there, you know, basically saying, hey, it's payback to, uh, you know, to Ron DeSantis. And I agree with you. I thought he did a great job. I was watching the press conference today. I thought he was great. Also, his wife, the first lady of Florida. I thought she did a great job because she got out there, too, and said, hey, everybody, come on and help. Um, I thought all of those things were bravo, bravo, bravo. And instead, uh, you know, you just get these nasty comments from these far left commentators who just have no sense of reality and no compassion, you know. And, and here's the governor. He's dealing. It's like, it, you know, darn well, if he was not considered a presidential contender, and of course he hasn't announced yet, Steve, but you know darn well. If he was not, you know, GOP or if he wasn't somebody who is a potential GOP, you know, contender, whether it's this go round or soon, they wouldn't care. But they just wanted to find anything they can do. And that, to me, really is pathetic. And that's really sad. Don't you think it's a sad testament to politics these days, Steve? Sure it is. It's terrible. It really is. I mean, it's a sad commentary on their character and their, their mindset. I mean, they're like, I don't know. What are they, brain-dead cadavers? You know, empty souls. It's just disgraceful. Yeah, I I agree with you, because all you can think about are these poor people and what they're going through and trying to support also, clearly, you know, Governor DeSantis, because, boy, he needs support in the middle of all that. You don't need throwing barbs. And from what everybody has said, pretty much, other than Joy Reid and a couple of these other loony kazoonies, they all believe that he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, Let's go to Dom real quick in Minnesota. Dom, your thoughts real quick. Yeah, Rita, I was at a local fundraiser today with about 200 people and contributed to it. However, oh, how great. Yeah. However, I came home and clearly remembered what my mom had said when I got my first paycheck. 
she said, now that you've got your own money, the best thing you can do is to give until it hurts or I will hurt you. If you don't give. Uh, I love your <laughs> so, mom. By the way, Dom, I always knew you were a well-raised man, and now I know why, thanks to your good mom. Yeah, and she's been gone for a few years now after living for 99 beautiful years, and every payday, she still hurts me emotionally if I forget to give. You know, and it was really sad to see Joe Biden give the speech about helping Florida and walking away like a zombie with everyone trying to call him back to talk to the press. And, you know, last but not least, our own Amy Klobuchar, I'm from Minnesota. She's a senator from Minnesota, has yep. promised to stop all hurricanes if we elect Democrats this November. Oh, Go it, figure. Dumb. You know, making politics out of this dire situation. It, you hit it on the head because we talked about that um, yesterday. Amy Klobuchar making these comments like, vote for a Democrat, no hurricanes. Um, and it, some of these comments are just so outrageous. And you're right. He just kind of meandered off. In fact, what was so odd, Dom, was like he just kind of walked off the president in the middle of this press conference, and he didn't really know where he was going either. I, I mean, it was like he was just kind of like wandering around, like looking for like a like a street sign, and he's in the middle of FEMA. It was just really bizarre. It was a bizarre finish uh, to a bizarre press conference. Um, but your mama taught you well, Dom, and God bless her, too, for teaching and raising a great guy like you. We're going to continue with your calls, one 800 The Rita Cosby Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are talking about the politicization, sadly, of the hurricane. And Joe Biden, the president, in the middle of a press conference where he meanders, basically starts talking about going after oil and gas companies, how they're terrible and escalating prices, which, by the way, it's the market that basically justifies that. They're not any example of them doing it in the hurricane. He doesn't go after any other industry, but goes after them. And that, to me, was so unseemly. Let's go to George. Uh, line six. George, your thoughts about this? Hey, how you doing, Rita? How's everything? Good, good to hear from you. You, you. you take me home every day after work, and I love, I love your topics. But um, Thank you, to George. Right to it, <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. But to get right to it, it's, it's, what I see happening now is everything, everything with, with politicians is, is constantly, constantly division. It's, we're at a time now where it's like they're always campaigning. Whatever happened to you, you win an election and now do your job. Why do you always have to campaign? Why do you always have to push an agenda? You know, you're, you're supposed to be the leader, Democrat or Republic. You're supposed to be leading this country, not pushing a, an agenda that's going to always vilify and divide us. And you hear how they talk about uh, the Floridians now fleeing a storm and you want to compare that to 
um, Democrats and, and you know if you voted for a Democrat this would not like everything is about politics it's not it's not about getting the job done no They're that and George that's a great point and you're right because we the people lose out when that happens um, that's a tremendous point and it is such a disservice to the American public and especially it's just unseemly especially when there's a crisis it's like never let a crisis go to waste sadly this is the Rita Cosby show on the Red Apple Podcast Network this is the Rita Cosby show on the Red Apple Podcast Network Everybody is in shock about now another gaffe coming from the Biden White House. And we're going to talk about that on the Rita Cosby show. First off, of course, we heard from President Biden yesterday. Who could forget this one? Because he goes to this event. It's about nutrition. And he's saying, is so-and-so there? So-and-so there? So-and-so there? He's acknowledging these people that were part of a bill on nutrition And he totally forgets and calls for this woman who died in a car crash, a member of Congress. This was like, what planet is he on? Take a listen to this one. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Wow, that is really scary. He's like meandering and he's like, where is she? And it turns out he's doing a bill in her name basically later in the week and inviting the family. And he still couldn't remember it. To me, he is clearly degrading mentally. And even more scary, his much younger vice president today doesn't know the difference between North and South Korea. She's over, she was in Japan, um, and she was talking about Shinzo Abe, who had passed away, remember the Prime Minister of Japan, and she's at a service there honoring him. And then afterwards, she's in, you know, in the, in the region, and she makes a statement that is like absolutely stunning, that anybody who understands foreign policy in America uh, would know right away, and it never got corrected, by the way. So take a listen. Here is Kamala Harris speaking today, making a huge foreign policy gaffe. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. North Korea, the great relationship we have with North Korea. She left out the great relationship that we have with Iran and maybe the great relationship that we have with what? Uh, Syria and with Putin, right? I mean, this is crazy. And the White House puts out a statement, by the way, later that was like the Korean Peninsula or the Korea, you know, they didn't want to like highlight the fact that she messed up between North and South Korea, obviously. Um, to me, it's really scary and things are so bad at the Biden White House that it's like Abbott and Costello, like which one's on first, which one's on second. And the scary thing is this is the number one and two at the White House. And the fact that she didn't know the difference 
and I'm going to give him credit that he would probably know the difference but probably can't remember it now. This is a really scary place to be, especially when you're dealing with so much uncertainty in the world and so many issues facing the world. One of the biggest things, by the way, of course, that's happening here in America, and I want to talk about this because this news is just coming in, about an EMT. Uh, this is a woman who is a 61-year-old um, she was a 25-year veteran, by the way, of, uh, you know, of emergency services, of FDNY. And here is this woman, 61 years old, Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling, um, again, a veteran of the FDNY, the Fire Department of New York, for more than 20 years. And she was working at her EMS station, um, which is in Queens, uh, near 20th Avenue and Steinway Street, And she walked down just a little bit outside of her station when she was suddenly stabbed to death from behind and what appears to be an unprovoked attack. Uh, First off, this is just absolutely heartbreaking. She got taken to a hospital where she later died. This is a woman who dedicated her life to helping others. And as I'm thinking, of course, about what's happening in Florida. How many EMTs right now are lifesavers in Florida when you think about the role that EMTs play every single day in the community and especially when a catastrophe hits? And here is this woman who more than two decades of service to the FDNY, a 61-year-old woman walking down the street. Apparently she was going to get her lunch at the time and this deranged maniac comes behind her and stabs her to death. She gets taken to a hospital where she later dies. This is a woman who also was a first responder at the World Trade Center, who was helping with rescue and recovery efforts there. She makes it through the World Trade Center, through 9-11 and all those efforts there, right? And yet the streets of New York are so dangerous that some deranged man comes after her and stabs her to death. And so far, according to a number of reports, it was an unprovoked attack. Witnesses said that they suddenly just saw this deranged man kind of come out of nowhere and attack her. How scary is that? Not only, obviously, our heartbreaks for her and for everybody at the FDNY, but it also sends such an emblematic message of the state of New York City and so many big cities around this country that these deranged people that are all over the place by many accounts This comes, of course, not too long after we were hearing the guy, the crazy guy on the subway who ran after the woman at 5 o'clock in the morning and started beating her to death, almost. Uh, Remember, we see the footage. She may go blind as a result of that, but he's, like, pounding her. Um, And you see the footage of that, clearly a deranged man, a repeat offender with a rap sheet a mile long, including killing his grandmother. And now you've got this case of this other maniac person who comes over to this incredible woman who is a hero to our society and does so much good for so many other people. A beloved woman, 61-year-old Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling, again, more than two decades with the FDNY, and gets attacked from some deranged guy who just chases after her down the street. This, to me, is so scary because... What it's saying is like no place is safe in big city America. No place is safe in so many of these parts of New York City. You know, think about how bad things are, how many homeless people. Yeah, they're deranged. Clearly you're deranged. You know, all these cases that we have seen of late are these people who have either had 
We don't know enough about this guy yet, what kind of track record he had, but clearly he had mental issues. That's obvious. But let's see what happens. I bet you there'll be like some prior signs. There'll be priors in his background. There'll be something in his background, I bet, um, because it's part of this whole system where people are falling through the cracks and time and time again not getting the help that not only do they need, but also that society needs them to get. Because guess what? These mentally deranged people are out there. You see it. Like if you walk the streets of New York, I've had friends and people who have visited who were in New York a couple of years ago and couldn't wait to come back. And then they would visit recently and they're like, oh, I don't really like it as much. Every single person. There's so many people talking to themselves. There's so many homeless people. There's so many mentally deranged people that are out and about all over the place. And so when you see these kind of headlines of this woman who's giving her life uh, to service, dedicated to service, and then gets hit in an unprovoked attack, it's just, to me, emblematic of how crazy and degraded so many things are in New York City today and how bad crime is in New York City and so many other major cities across this country. And that's why, if there are mental issues with somebody you got to get that person help, not just for that person's sake, but for other people, for the society at large. You know, it's time to get tough. It's time to say, you know what, we'd love to help you, but if you're not going to help yourself, uh, you need to get care where you will not be out on the streets endangering somebody else. Because remember the guy who opened fire on the subway train in New York? He had mental issues, too. And was even talking about how he had mental issues and was getting out of the system. You know, remember, it was all that stuff. It was like, why are they getting out? Uh, why, what is going on with our society that things are so degraded that you can't walk down the street? That somebody who's an EMS worker who's right by her station is vulnerable to being stabbed suddenly by some deranged stranger? We have really gotten to a sad state of society, and it is just heartbreaking to see um, and we need to do whatever we can to break this vicious cycle, um, obviously in honor of this incredible woman and also all these other victims who are just helpless, innocent victims because society is not doing enough to lock these people up and make sure that they get the care they need, but also make sure that they are not a danger to others in society. It is time. We can't, like, say, oh, God, I feel sorry for that person. we got to get them out, whatever. Or You're a family member. You have somebody who's deranged you got to do something. You can't have them walking the streets and suddenly attacking somebody for no reason. I mean, this is just crazy. And also, the damage it does to the reputation of New York. New York, already, there are so many people who don't want to come visit. They don't want to work in New York. They always see stories all over, like in Chicago. You see McDonald's saying they want to pull out of Chicago. Things are so bad. And you think headlines like this are going to help? How is New York going to recover? How are big cities going to recover when you are allowing these kind of individuals to continuously walk the streets and not to do something about it. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Chicago, line seven. Jerry, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks, sweetheart, for taking my call. My pleasure. Go I ahead, just, Jerry. I just want to make a comment. The other day, uh, Mayor Adams was chuckling about, uh, oh, New York has a brand. Well, buddy, here's your brand. Here's New York's brand. Olympic crime, okay? 
What is somebody going to tell that guy to get off his ass and do something about the crime in your city? You know, and Jerry, you're in Chicago. It's not much better there, right? My goodness. You're, you're darn dude, it's not any better over here. Hey, Jerry, what did you make of the fact that Lori Lightfoot, your mayor there, came out, and I brought up the example about uh, the McDonald's guy, the CEO of McDonald's. He comes out and he says, oh, the question I always get asked is, what's going on in Chicago, which was a logical thing, talking about crime and, and how many people don't want to live there anymore or moving out. And Lori Lightfoot's response is that he needs to get educated. He needs to know the facts. Like she started criticizing him as opposed to saying, well, let me meet with him, see what we can do to make the situation better. No, she started criticizing him. It was incredible. What did you think of that? Well, that just goes to show. Hold on. I'm driving. Hold on a second. That oh, no, just goes to show you. No, no, no. That, sh- that goes to show you her response is when somebody doesn't have an answer for something, they criticize the person asking the question. She's in way over her head, that woman. I've never liked her from the day she got elected. She is she is no good. She's got to go. Just like all of these Democratic leaders of these cities, they have to go. Well, we are in there a needs lot to be change, tr- for sure. We are sure. in a lot of trouble. Our country is in a lot of trouble if the Republicans don't gain control in this election. If the Democrats keep control, it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, because this is when they're trying to look like they're a little tough on crime. I mean, this is their tough on crime version, Jerry. God help us when it's the uh, when it's the real uh, version of what they want to do. Because right now they're trying to kind of say, "Oh yeah, we're we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing." You know, they're trying to show some respect. Uh, for, you know, law enforcement. In fact, Biden even talked about like some funds for law enforcement, you know, where he clearly wasn't before. Um, so boy, uh, you're right. It, it could be very tough, especially on these particularly, uh, soft on crime folks like Lori Lightfoot is a, is a perfect example in your place. By the way, I want to play, um, you talked about, um, Mayor Eric Adams. He did, um, speak tonight about this EMS worker and this is what he had to say. Um, when he found out that she had passed away. Today, one of our heroes, Allison Russo, a 25-year veteran of the fire department, was stabbed by an assailant. She was on duty at the time at station, EMS Station 49 in Astoria, Queens. And here's a little bit more of him talking after the word came down that she passed away. Our hearts go out to the family our colleagues in the city of New York. We lost one of our heroes. She provided a service in the city for over 24 years. And here is the fire commissioner of New York also talking about what happened to her. 2.20 p.m. today, Lieutenant Allison Russo was on duty at Station 49. While outside her station, she was stabbed multiple times in a barbaric and completely unprovoked attack. How scary is that? Let's go to BJ. Um, you're in Queens, BJ, actually, where this happened. Go ahead, BJ. It's normally a, a beautiful area. Um, it's uh, sadly on the decline. You know, I'm a lifelong New York City resident. I have never, ever, I, 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 I was a small boy during the Son of Sam days. I grew up in the 70s. I've never seen a person uh, a fire, a member of our fire department, EMT, attacked and killed this way in my life. This uh, this was really sad. 
You know, this is what kind of what I call a Kate Steinle moment for everybody. You recall Kate Steinle in 2015. Yes, she was, was the woman in San Francisco, the um, yeah. who was who was uh, killed by that uh, illegal immigrant, by the way. That was in a way the the, the uh, uh, that that's what the event that propelled me to, to to that really woke me up. Said we need a law and order candidate. We, this mayor is out of his depth. He's uh, I bet you right now he's up there dancing in the club or something. He you know he comes by, he does the same story. He makes uh, uh, boohoo remarks or he gets really angry and he walks away and we're back to it. Years ago, they smuggled a lot of people into these neighborhoods uh, under de Blasio. There's all sorts of housing and stuff in, in areas. And, you know, the the mentally ill uh, have even gotten the, 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 the memo that it's OK to attack first responders. It's OK to do whatever you want. There'll be no consequences whatsoever. And uh, it's up to us whether we not whether we want to stand for this. Do, are we gonna? This is the city. We, this is the city we can live in. We can live in this type, where law enforcement and uh, first responders are fair game, or we can change it. We can vote uh, uh, for people that uh, uh, will hold uh, accountable uh, criminal forces. Uh, this is awful. What happened to this woman? It's a heartbreak. You look it at is. this person. Uh. And you, you, it was totally avoidable, totally unnecessary, uh, totally demoralizing for all of the, uh, their, their fellow uh, brothers and sisters on the and, and EMT and on the fire department. You, you know, you, you you say to yourself when when you see these folks take these jobs, no one care. They, they must think in their heart, no one cares. No one cares what happens to us. Right. Who has their back? And we need to, the good citizens need to have their back. You know, I mean, it's like, talk about, you bring up a great point because it's tough enough their job, what you go through as an EMT. You know, you're dealing with so much stress and life and death situations all the time. There you are trying to help somebody. Um, she's going to get something to eat. And the next thing you know, she's right by her station house. It's on the street. And suddenly, you know, this guy comes and stabs her to death. I mean, this is like, it is, it's horrifying on so many levels, and it's heartbreaking because you just like you said, there's so many of these unsung heroes that are out there protecting us each and every day. And 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 I brought up uh, Florida too because so many EMTs are helping in Florida now. So many of them are even volunteering and going down and helping Florida. Many of them are based there, um, but these are lifesavers every single day. And now they got to worry about crime attacks on them. Uh, I mean, this is just it is. So disgusting on so many levels. Um, and I agree with you, BJ. My heart just breaks for her and for her family and for all the great members of the FDNY and all the great members of EMTs that are out there uh, listening to the show. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about this horrible case that happened today in Queens, New York, where a 61-year-old emergency medical technician was suddenly stabbed to death while she was walking down the street grabbing lunch. By the way, uh, our great newsman here at Red Apple Media Group was telling us that uh, Governor Hochul has now just ordered um, that uh, the state flags be flown at half-staff in honor of Lieutenant Allison 
Russo Elling, 61 years old, that coming from our great newsman, Bob Brown, um, saying that the governor has announced that she will fly the flags at half staff, which is great. I'm happy to hear that. I think it's wonderful um, that they're acknowledging this incredible service of this individual who gave so much to the New York community and now some deranged person, uh, thank goodness, who it looks like is in custody, um, that person has taken her life. We're taking your calls, everybody. Uh, let's go to Alfred on line one. Alfred, your thoughts. Rita, th- thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to say it's a travesty that this this woman, you know, Lieutenant uh, Russo, the EMT, was murdered this way. I mean, it's getting disgusting. And, and I hate to be redundant. I lost you, Alfred. I lost you, Alfred. But you, you know what? Um, you're right. It's just disgusting and it's heartbreaking. And it is just emblematic of how bad crime is and how emboldened criminals and others are. When we come back, we're going to talk about Biden's gaffe and Kamala Harris's gaffe. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Connecticut, where the day before his 104th birthday, that's right, 104th birthday, a recognition ceremony was held to honor retired Lieutenant Colonel Charles Alex, who at the time was 103 years old and a veteran of World War II, Korea and Vietnam. And the event was held in the town of Rocky Hill. It's called the Stand Down Event. Now, Colonel Alex served in World War II, the Korean War and the Vietnam War. He first joined the Army in 1940 as an infantryman in the 43rd Division and served in the Pacific in New Guinea and in the Philippines for three years. He then served in Germany and France in 1944 and 1945. Wow. And in 1949 was called back to active duty to serve in Korea. And he was later called to serve in Vietnam. What an amazing veteran. Uh, boy, so many different generations. And at the event, he was proudly wearing his pins on his cap, uh, demoting his military service. He was also honored with a proclamation. Now, the event, I said, is called the Stand Down Event in Connecticut, and it provides access to benefit and resources for veterans and allows veterans of all generations a chance to get resources face-to-face without having to deal with any red tape or to wait to hear back a reply. So very, very important. And how great to see that he was honored at this event with so many other veterans Present And we always love doing this segment here on the Rita Cosby Show because we love supporting our heroes and, of course, their families, too, as well. Well, we are talking about President Biden and also now another problem at the White House has popped up yet again. First off, let's go back to what has happened in the last 24, 48 hours. It has really been stunning. President Biden uh, is at an event. And he's talking about nutrition and health and all these other things. And he makes this gaffe that now everybody today is reacting to. He's at a nutrition event and he's calling out the people who are responsible for the passage of some of these things tied to nutrition. And he suddenly calls out the name of Congresswoman Walorski, 
who was killed in a car crash. And he's basically searching for her in the crowd. You can see him. And he's calling for her name, saying, hey, come on stage, come join me. And meantime, we know that later on in the week, this week on Friday, tomorrow, he's supposed to be signing some bill in her name. So he knew she's dead. He also did a proclamation when she died. He had the flags, uh, you know, at half staff in her honor around uh, Washington, D.C. So it's really odd. But here he is anyway. This is what he said. And people are just stunned because he clearly couldn't remember she had died. And to me, this just shows that he is just degrading mentally and physically. Take a listen. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Where's Jackie? I thought she'd be here. Jackie died in a car accident, and you had the flags flying, you know, at half-staff, and you're signing a bill with her family because she can't be present. You're doing a posthumous bill, basically, naming after her on Friday, tomorrow, and you couldn't remember that? And the White House wouldn't admit that he made a mistake. When the White House was asked, they said, oh, Jackie was just top of mind, and that's why, you know, he made the comment, you know. There was a reason why he made the comment, like defending him. You know that they had their hands in their face behind the scenes like, I can't believe he did that. They just won't admit it. And they wouldn't even admit that he made a mistake. But to me, this is really serious stuff. Because if this was just an isolated incident, you could go, okay, well, you know, maybe one time there's so many things going on or whatever. He does this all the time. And then today he's at the FEMA briefing and he's like looking to shake somebody's hand who's not there. And then he's walking back. It's like, like it is really frightening. And all I keep thinking about is it is such a dangerous time in the world. There's a, you know, word that tomorrow Putin made annex parts of Ukraine. Uh, China's looking at Taiwan. I mean, there's so many things that are going on in the world. We're talking about serious crime, which just happened in Queens with this EMT worker who was murdered, uh, just innocently walking down the street. I mean, there's so many of these issues that are facing America right now. And we got a guy who can't remember if somebody's alive or dead, and he clearly was told it probably multiple times five minutes before he went out and spoke. He also signed a bill and also message, put out the word, and did a press release when she passed away. She passed away just a month ago. It wasn't like 10 years ago. Uh, and it was a very high-profile case when it happened. It was a horrible case, and he can't even remember. And this is the guy who's going to help us, like, avert war, you know? I mean, this is scary, scary stuff. And it's also really bad. And it's so obvious that this is what the National uh, Republican Committee chair, this is the committee uh, communications director, Matt Gorman, this is what he said about uh, the fact that the White House won't even admit that this president made a mistake. It's so obvious. We're all looking at it. We're all seeing this guy degrading mentally. And yet the White House won't even concede it. But this is how he says the White House should have handled it. And let's set aside questions about his age or whether he's lost a step, even though I personally believe it may have contributed to it. What I find even more embarrassing were the White House's excuses on this. Look, say you made a mistake. It was a bad mistake, but say you made a mistake. You meant no offense, but it's the defensiveness and the dishonesty that make this so much worse. They do it over and over again on inflation and Afghanistan and other issues. And they wonder why they lose credibility with the American people. 
And here is the Democratic, former Democratic National Committee press secretary talking about just how bad it looked. I mean, even the Democrats, fellow Democrats are going, this is really bad. My name's human. You're human. I'm human. We make mistakes. I think it was um, an honest mistake. I think it would have been the White House would have been better served if they just said, you know what? That was a mistake on the president. Let's move on. Uh, next question. Yeah, that's what they should have said. But the fact that they were like playing this like rope dope and can't and say, oh, no, he was just thinking about Jackie. He wasn't thinking about Jackie. He was looking for Jackie. He was trying to call her up and couldn't figure out why she wasn't here. Somebody should have shout out. She died. You know, I mean, it was just it was so painful to watch it. So painful. And it's actually downright scary because this is supposed to be the leader of the free world. And it's so bad that even Trevor Noah, the comedian, of course, on the late show, late, late show, uh, late, late show, right? Late, late show of Trevor Noah, CBS. This is how he reacted. He's a big old Democrat, big Biden supporter. This is what he had to say. No. No, Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> ah, that's so awkward. Oh, man. And his explanation didn't help. You know, he's like, of course I knew Jackie was dying. I was looking for Jackie Kennedy. Where's Jackie Kennedy? Where's, where are you, Jackie? Where's Jackie O? I, look, I mean, I guess on the upside, at least he noticed that she wasn't there. This is a good thing. Yeah, it could have been much worse if he was like, where's Jackie? Oh, there she is. There's Jackie. Everyone look at Jackie. He'd be like, there's no Jackie. She's there. Everybody sees Jackie. And look, I know a lot of people are saying that this is another example of Biden's brain being foggy. But I think, if anything, this makes Biden a better president. Yeah. Think of how hard he must be working right now to keep Americans safe, knowing that Osama bin Laden is still out there somewhere. Where is he? Where is he, Jack? Where is he? Where is he? (laughs) Knowing that Osama bin Laden is out there. Trevor's very funny. Daily Show and Comedy Central. Very, very funny. Um, So... You know, part of me says it's funny, but it's also really sad because clearly he is degrading before our eyes. And now here is the backup. Kamala Harris. If you don't think it gets worse, Kamala Harris is visiting the DMZ. And of course, things are so sensitive there between North and South Korea. Obviously, South Korea, our ally and North Korea, our adversary. Tensions are rising because of a North Korean missile launch. Uh, very, very sensitive. So what does she say when she's at a uh, at a briefing there on the DMZ? Listen to who she thinks our ally is. Take a listen to Kamala Harris just a little bit ago. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Wow. And the White House tried to like kind of they didn't want to correct her, too, right after they were trying to like play, you know, rope a dope on all the comments with Biden. So they put out a statement basically saying, you know, uh, Korea, our relationship with Korea, like as if there's no North and South, uh, you know, difference. There's a big difference. Believe me, especially the people in North and South Korea know the big difference. But anybody who knows what's going on in the world would know, and especially somebody who is the vice president of the United States. And what's so scary is it's so inappropriate that she didn't know, doesn't go back and correct herself. I'd give her, you know, she at least, you know, 
mental acuity, you could say, I mean, she's not like, you know, at least she knows what hand to shake and where to sit down and all that stuff, right? But clearly, she needs to get brushed up on foreign policy because she is representing the United States of America in a very sensitive part of the world. And she doesn't know the difference between North and South Korea. This is scary. We have a president who's like a zombie out there. And then we've got a vice president who doesn't know basic foreign policy 101. God help us. We are in big time trouble, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you think is worse? A president who seems to be out to lunch quite a bit. Or a vice president who doesn't know the difference on North and South Korea, basic foreign policy issues. I'm not sure which is worse. They're both equally dangerous for different reasons. And sadly, here is Kamala Harris, because this is not the first time she's made a mistake. Who could forget this moment that was just more awkward than anything? Here she is. She's in Poland. She's standing next to President Duda of Poland. Um, she's at the press briefing there. She's representing America. She's visiting the refugees. And she gets asked a really serious question about the voluminous amount of refugees, the millions that are flooding across Ukraine because of the war into Poland. And listen to the way she handled this. Who could forget this terribly awkward moment? Is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if... You think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) A friend in need is a friend indeed. (laughs) Okay, so this time. A friend in need is a friend indeed. And she's laughing as we're talking about something as serious as refugees fleeing with the shirt on their backs. I mean, this to me, it was, it was downright disrespectful and it was embarrassing because to have somebody in official capacity as the number two there at the White House and a potential presidential candidate, my thoughts are she's done as a candidate. I don't think she's, she's qualified and Joe Biden, I don't think even by his own admission, he says it remains to be seen if he's going to run. I think even he realizes I can't handle another term. Um, so the Democrats got to look elsewhere because she is clearly not ready for prime time. And the fact that she doesn't know the difference between North and South Korea, she is laughing over refugees. Um, and then you got Joe Biden making the comment about the dead woman um, saying, hey, come on up, Jackie. Come on up. I mean, it is scary. You know, at first it's kind of like, oh, it's funny that he's like clearly – declining a little bit it's now downright scary and it reminds me of the other foreign policy mistake because remember joe biden back in march remember this when he's visiting the 82nd airborne uh the elite u.s fighting force in poland and he tells them get ready because you're going into ukraine soon i mean what take a listen remember this one you're going to see when you're there and some you've been there you're going to see you're going to see women Young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. When you get to Ukraine, everybody was like, well, what, 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 are we deploying troops to Ukraine? 
I mean, that's why it's really scary. If he's just telling jokes with a couple guys at the bar, that's okay, you know, but he's not. He's sitting there talking to the fighting force that would go into Ukraine, and he's basically saying, when you get to Ukraine. And there we have the vice president talking about our great alliance with North Korea and not saying anything about South Korea. I mean, we are in deep trouble, guys. And boy, this is downright frightening. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Pete on line two. Pete, your thoughts about this? Yeah, Rita, I think uh, with Kamala, I think she's been tipping her elbow a little. I think she she sounds like I used to be when I was a big drinker, like slurring her words a little bit. I'm catching that. She really don't have reality uh, to be with the foreign policies to think that, uh, uh, you know, with the with South North Korea and South Korea. I mean, this is a, a when Trump went over there, the guts that he had to walk over that uh, DMZ zone, man, that guy could have stuck a knife in him or something. And he didn't wear no vest. And he, he was so brave. He had no secret service to guard him there. What he did showed character and guts. This president saved our country. And now the thing is this damage that they're doing. Can he come back and do it? Now in Florida, report from my wife's cousin in uh Sarasota, um help these politicians, Biden and Kamala and the rest of them don't go out for a photo shoot. Let the rescue people that are going from New York go to help them. They're in need. They got shark sharks and alligators in their houses that floated in from the water. This is a bad thing. And even the water is contaminated. And they're telling the people, oh, the water's okay. But meanwhile, my my uh, cousin, Ray's cousin, he says that, um, uh, oh, God, I'm getting confused. The, the governor, DeSantis, his people are already there bringing stuff. They're bringing water and stuff to everybody that needs they it. Are. They are. And, and by the way, Pete, plan. you're right, Pete. They are doing a great job um, down there. And Governor DeSantis seems really organized. The feedback, other than Joy Reid at MSNBC, um, people are saying that he's done a superb, superb job. And to your story, you're right. There have been images of literally sharks. Um, reports I've heard people talk about where they've seen like sharks swimming down like down, you know, Main Street or swimming into homes. And the other point that you're talking about is this contaminated water. That is the really scary thing, that the water is just so contaminated and so dirty. Um, as I mentioned, like when I covered other storms, I had to get so many shots to go into the water because the water was just, you know, you can imagine just, you know, toxic, um, so many contaminants in it. Um, you know, bodies. I mean, there are just so many things that are so many uh, dangers for the people down there. And of course, first and foremost, we are just praying um, that, uh, you know, that it's a very, very small body count, that more people made it out alive because they're just starting to look, look at the damage now. And the water is still coming down as we speak. And our thoughts and prayers go out to them. And Pete, you also brought up another great point. Uh, bravo to all the rescue workers, whether they're from New York um, all over the country. We know that they're coming even from the Carolinas where the storm is about to hit next. But then a number of people from the Carolinas, um, from, uh, we heard from Philly, we heard, um, from California all over the country are going toward Florida to help those people rebuild. And, uh, those people to me are the best of all of us here in America coming and helping neighbor, helping neighbor or, you know, stranger helping stranger. I mean, to me, that's just, it's incredible. 
And it's so inspiring. And it's a silver lining in all of this uh, that good people rise up and help them because, boy, did they deserve it there in Florida. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, President Biden is calling up dead people to the stage and Kamala Harris doesn't know the difference between North and South Korea. And all I can say is let's play. Let's just pray. I mean, this is scary times that they just both seem out of touch for totally different reasons. 1-800-848-9222-1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line one. Norm, go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Yeah, I'm sitting here with John Lennon and Abe Lincoln, and we are we're we've we've been in conversation about which one we think is worse. Did did uh, you whether, uh, uh, did you also talk to um you know uh you know uh, Nancy Reagan while you're at it or what did you do while no, you were there? Nancy did Nancy didn't show, but Ron was here earlier today. Ron was here earlier today. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, but you know what? You know what, Norm. You bring up an interesting point because that's exactly what the White House said. I know you know it. I just want to remind everybody right. when when Corinne John yeah. exactly you're so brilliant. So when Corinne John Pierre was asked about it, she's like, you know, or and then one of the reporters said, you know, uh, you know, I think about John Lennon, but I don't say, hey, come on up. And she just was kind of like, oh, oh, you know, just kind of laughed about it. But you're right; it's the weirdest. It is the weirdest thing, just because she used the excuse that the person was top of mind. That's why he started calling her up. I mean, that's scary. Right. Um, I, I think, the, I think. look, I mean, the, the, Joe Biden does this all the time. But the Kamala Harris one, that's more disturbing to me because, um, number one, I think her thing is just stupidity. She, doesn't, she just doesn't know. OK, number one. But n- not number, the difference between North Korea and South Korea. But when I, I'm thinking, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of troops stationed in South Korea and on the DMZ. And when they hear that their vice president doesn't know the difference uh, between the country that they're stationed in and, you know, the 70 plus year dictator across the border, uh, you know, I it, it to me, that's demoralizing. I mean, to me, that's, you know, I I, I think he owes uh, Kamala Harris owes them the apology, not so much even the American people. No, that's a great point. That's a great point because there are so many U.S. troops. There's also think about South Korea, how South Korea feels like that she couldn't tell right. the difference. I mean, it's like it's like East and West Germany, you know, like I think you mm-hmm. knew the difference at that time. You know, I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norm, thank you very much. Real You're quick. Welcome. Let's go to Dave. Uh, Dave, real quick. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, Rita, I watched my mother go through dementia and um you know, it started off, it's very tricky to catch because they're on point about everything and then they'll just throw something out of left field. No, that's, can't remember. that's a good point. And, and I think, Dave, by the way, I think we are seeing some signs of dementia clearly with Biden. That's what happens with a number of people with age. But the White House has got to admit it. Um, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls tomorrow. And, of course, everybody, thoughts and prayers for Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.